For August 22nd, 2011, it's the Overthinking It Podcast, episode 164. A couple of lads, they were up to no good. Welcome to the Overthinking It Podcast, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny <laughs> it probably doesn't deserve from the right coast to the trailing edge of America. I am your host, Matthew Rather, here for the first time in the history of this show in the same room with five other overthinkers and special guests to bring you the first ever live-to-tape uh, well, I guess they're all live to tape. <laughs> the first ever live from one, from a single location. In the meat space. And people <laughs> are so excited about that distinction. <laughs> the first, the first meat space podcast, uh, of the overthinking. For, for us, not for you. Not for, for you, you, it's still over the internet. <laughs> all, you're all getting it in. Though we, though if, if you want. Why, Pete, it's funny you should mention that. Because this coming Wednesday, which is the, uh, 24th. Wednesday the 24th, uh, we're going to be having an Overthinking It meetup in the great city of New York. Get it? Meet space? Meet up? <laughs> it's an M-E-A-T, you uh, uh, oh, okay. It's a meet time for a meet space meetup. <laughs> um, the... Uh, uh, yeah, the location is... The Tribeca Tavern. The Tribeca Tavern, which is in Tribeca. And you can find information about that on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash overthinkingit. So if you want to uh, confirm so far, our uh, me, Matt Rather, Matt Belinke, Mark Lee, and Jordan Stokes uh, just got volunteered, just got dragooned <laughs> into the... <laughs> So if you really wish that you could be here right now watching us record this, go meet us at that bar and we'll be reading a transcript of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that about to and who knows, we may interview some overthinkers live at the bar, uh, some overthinkers uh, meaning you. I don't know, I never, I think we're all overthinkers together. I, I think it's not appropriate to have a distinction between the, the writers and the readers because we are a great giant community of overthinkers. So, and, so when you refer to them as plebeians most of the time? To <laughs> <laughs> each according to his overthinking. <laughs> uh, all right, so in honor of the Conan uh, movie, the Conan remake coming out, the question is, overthinker, what is second best in life? And uh, because um, we are in an underground bunker uh, together, belonging to this man, and also because he's first in the alphabet, <laughs> he will start, ladies and gentlemen, joining us, Matthew Belinke! Wow, I've never been introduced like that before, but I could kind of get used to it. Um, it's interesting that we're paying homage to the remake of the Conan movie by... Uh, discussing a line from the old Conan movie, which I'm sure is not in the new Conan movie. Um, the guy that is asked before Conan that question answers, uh, when, it, when he's asked what is best in life, he says the open steep, a fleet horse, falcons at your wrist and the wind in your hair. And the guy probably says that's wrong and asks Conan, who answers correctly, uh, which I'm, I'm not going to bother to quote here, because if you don't know that line, then you're listening to the wrong podcast. Oh, don't talk away, don't talk away. Fine. Maybe they just showed up off the Facebook page. You know, like, That's true. Like, be interesting. <laughs> Maybe they're, yeah, they're just a fan of the concept of overthinking things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not necessarily pop culture. Yeah, that's how we got our 20,000 Facebook likes. <laughs> yeah. We're not giving them back, either. <laughs> no. 
Uh, no, but I, I think don't knock it till you try it. I think being on the open steep, I've never been there. <laughs> but think about how awesome that would be. That, that there's this endless plane in every direction. There's this, and the, the wind is just whipping through that. But, and it's like, you feel so small and so helpless, but your horse is so fast. And if it's not fast enough, you have an even faster bird that will kill things for you and bring their bodies to your horse. While you're while you're in in, in mid uh, gallop, so. it'll it'll kill moderately sized things. You know what I mean? It won't kill another horse. <laughs> don't, don't or it won't know. like it won't like attack a faster horse and drive the faster horse to you. Don't rain I mean, on my Mongol parade. <laughs> 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 so anyway, I'm gonna say that like while I'm not gonna argue with Conan, the Lamentations of the Women are pretty sweet. I think what the first guy said uh, is second best in life. Excellent. Uh, next in the alphabet, uh, drink because he's not first in the alphabet. <laughs> Around the table, everybody, everybody, lift your glass. Mm. Man, that's strong, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share our recipe for the thing that we're drinking. No, we won't. Some things have to be private. Uh, it's the special sauce, though, that uh, makes overthinking it go. Fills our cups. Uh, it's Peter hey. Fenzel. Thank you. I'm tempted to say Protoss, as is a joke for like a small group of our listeners. His <laughs> second best. That's debatable. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with blinds because curtains are the best, right? Like you want to have really nice curtains, but they're expensive and it's difficult to install them. And the, and a lot of the times, like you, you're not gonna live in a place long enough to justify getting curtains, right? So it's like. Well, I mean, I can get something that's, that's cheaper and still looks nice, but doesn't look as nice as some nice curtains. So you get some blinds, and blinds are, are your second best. I mean, like, they don't block out all the light. They block out, like, most of the light, right? So I guess when the sun rises, you get some of that stuff. And, and, and I mean, they don't, um, they don't totally give you privacy. Like, you still have to worry if somebody... Have you ever worried that you're, you're in your room and you're getting changed or something, and it's like, what if somebody is, like, ten feet above my window and, like, a foot away from the wall and is, like, looking down through the blinds? Jordan knows what I'm talking about. You have oddly specific fears. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and how did you see me? <laughs> I'm just, you know, I, life is what inspires all these things. Um, my, my mother, uh, for a long, long time, all she wanted was really, really nice curtains. It's huge for her. Uh, and when she finally got them, the room that they went into, we were never allowed to go into again. Um, and, uh, like, we're literally not allowed to sit in the chairs. We can go through it, but we weren't allowed to hang it out. It belongs to the curtains. It, it belongs to the curtains now. Yeah. But I'm going to say blinds, because I don't think any one thing that I know of is second best in so many different aspects. And, and so, like, sort of comfortable. Like, blind, nobody's ever like, I'm going to make blinds that are better than curtains. No, nope, blinds go exactly where they're supposed to be. Right there, right in that sweet spot. My mother had a room like that, too, but she got, like, the couches upholstered. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh... We would have to sit on the ground in front of the couch <laughs> so that we wouldn't, so that the kids wouldn't like get food on the upholstery. There was that whole like seventies thing of wrapping your furniture in plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't feel the same. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's inappropriate. <laughs> uh, from uh, from Tony Park Slope in Brooklyn. No, wait. From right across the table from me, what? it's Mark Lee! When we do this podcast in real space, they can all see that I'm Asian, and it makes me kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> I like when I just talk about it. It makes us uncomfortable, too. Yeah, we wish you were. I'm glad we're all, I'm glad we're all uncomfortable <laughs> together. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. All right, so, okay, so Conan the Barbarian, it's a very sort of nomadic existence, right? They go about, and they're just trying to survive, and they, I guess they hunt their animals and whatnot, right? So... What would they do after they advance beyond a hunter and gathering a nomadic tradition uh, is they settle down in one place and then they can domesticate animals. 
And when you can domesticate animals, and you also have the sort of the free time and the specialization of labor, then you can have barbecue. That's why barbecue is the second oh. best thing oh. in life, right? After you, you know, you crush your enemies, you, you know, <laughs> driven for you, and you hear the lamentation of the women, yeah. then you settle down and start to build civilizations, and you start to, you know, harvest herbs and spices, and you've got domesticated animals like, you know, hogs and, uh, and cows, and then you can, you have the time and the free manpower to slaughter them, to cure them, to, you know, slather them in awesome sauce, and then slow cook them. Barbecue. Well, what's your favorite? Do you like vinegary barbecue sauces? Or tomato like, based. Tomato based barbecue sauces. Vinegary is third best in life. <laughs> awesome. I'm just fighting words, man. <laughs> well, you listen to Alabama boys, and you have your own taste in barbecue, right? Like, Yeah, basically, we'll just eat any meat that's been cooked until it's pudding. <laughs> this actually makes me really sad to think that Conan never tasted like really good brisket. He probably didn't. I don't know. I mean, like you roast a whole cow over a fire, parts of it are going to taste great. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's law of averages. Yeah. <laughs> and little, little, the, the, the Mesopotamians invented Bernays sauce, so the fillets were great even back then. <laughs> Those are the dulcet uh, southern tones of Joshua McNeil. Right, so I think that Conan was living in a very black and white society. There were not a lot of moral gray areas in those areas. Camaria? Samaria? Yeah, well, he paints himself like that at the end of the movie, black and white. It's that's very- true, that's true. So I think what is second best in life is to be crushed by your enemies, to be driven before them, <laughs> and to lament in front of their women. Because <laughs> that's your only other option. Yeah. <laughs> The, the converse of that would be to, to to be crushed by your enemies, to be driven before them, and to hear the lamentations of your own women. I get, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think it's worse though to lament in front of the women. Yeah, to have your women hear you lamenting in front of their women. Yeah. None of the women here hear us lamenting. That's because all our girlfriends are upstairs. They were invited. They just chose not. No, to come. yeah, we did. We did. I wonder why? We actually, our idea was actually not to do this podcast at all, but to have a. Uh, uh, a, a podcast of all of our significant others, um, you know, talking about whatever pop culture they wanted to talk about. The sort Kardashian of, wedding seemed the most likely topic. Well, yeah, and, and I'm not one to prop up stereotypes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there was a what you guys couldn't there. see was Matt yeah. doing sort of a sidelong who me glance. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be narrating. We'll be narrating one another's body language throughout the evening. <laughs> Uh, next in the alphabet, it is Mr. Jordan Stokes. What is best in life? Second best. Second best in life. (laughs) It is to crush the cushions of your couch seat under you, to see your widescreen television before you, (laughs) and to hear the lamentations of the, uh... Of Anderson Cooper 360. <laughs> Did you see the clip of him laughing at the Gerard Depardieu stuff? Uh, Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> Speaking of which, Gerard Depardieu is insane. <laughs> well, does alcoholism count as insanity? <laughs> Is he insane on top of being? Is he, was he? Was he? Did he just drink too much, or is he just totally unhinged? Is that the situation? I've seen a lot of drunk people on planes, but I've yet to see one urinate in the aisle. <laughs> that is a good point. This That's is a point. good month for urinating on planes. Yeah, yeah these two urinating, two urinating on plane stories, and the TSA did nothing. <laughs> no. I mean, it was a French. Why can you not have a scanner that detects urine? <laughs> yeah, sure they did. There was a sky marshal, a French sky marshal, and he said, eh, what can you do? <laughs> Life is mailed. And he smoked his cigarette. <laughs> right. 
and he uh, readjusted his beret. And, Smoked a cigarette? You know. Way to get through the French thing without making a wee pun. <laughs> <laughs> no, he couldn't say wee oui, wee, oui, because Gerard Depardieu already had. Uh, Never mind, I retract my congratulations. <laughs> Loving fruit, considering you picked. Oh, I can't stop giggling. Oh, 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 oh it's so fun. Sorry. <laughs> How was your Anderson Cooper? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's my turn. Uh, second best in life is esteem, because that is one below the top in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> so, you know, oh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, uh, sort of formulates the needs that a person has in order to make their life happy. And it begins with physiological needs like, uh, you know, food, shelter, safety, that kind of stuff. Okay. Oh, no, sorry, no. The second level is safety. So physiological needs like, like uh, biological needs, safety. Uh, belonging, group belonging. Next is esteem, like uh, self-esteem, achievement, respect of others. Uh, and then finally, self-actualization, the kind of ability to go out and make your life what you want to. Do improv so, classes. Do, yeah. Yes, take, take improv classes. Crush your enemy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would fall under self-actualization. <laughs> but esteem is one level below that, so it's like saying, you know what? It's actually the lamentations of the women. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, I, uh, I am a good warrior. I am a very good warrior. <laughs> Matt, you're, you're a great warrior. Whether I crush my enemies or not, I'm an okay warrior. All right, we have a special guest here. If it weren't confusing enough to have two mats on the podcast, we have a third mat, a special mat, and we're very happy to have you. Uh, Matt Silver joins us, friend of the site and friend of the podcast, and a uh, friend of ours because he's here in the bunker underground with us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Definitely an honor to be here. Um, all right, so I don't know much about Conan. I don't know how much I need to relate that to the second best in life, but I was thinking about um, genetics, and uh, and maybe you guys can help me out here a little bit of the the history of where this this barbarian comes from. Does he have any offspring himself? Ooh, uh, probably know? a lot. Not that he acknowledges. Yeah, no. There's one by the maid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you see what he did there? I see what he did there. I see what you did there. So you know, I think uh, a great thing about life is that we have an opportunity to improve upon ourselves as we see our parents' mistakes and uh, genetics being important because you see them in yourself. And for me personally, like, I know there was a lot that I missed when I was a kid, and uh, especially things that my parents did. And now that I'm old enough to sort of think back and realize what was actually happening and noting in myself the, um, you know, the mistakes that, uh, that they made and why it comes to that, that occasion, I think that um, that definitely makes me a better person, perhaps all of humanity and Conan's children as well. So second best in life is... Genetics. Genetics, gotcha. <laughs> okay. Also I empathy. Just one, I just wanted to say one more thing, because I was thinking about Conan's original answer, which is to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, hear the lamentations of the women, and what a precise answer that is, because you would think on first glance to kill all your enemies and then to hear the lamentations of their widows is the best, but Conan realizes that what's best is to kill some of them and the rest run away. Because it combines victory with the dishonor of your enemies. That if they had, like, fought to the last man, that would be great, but you don't get the pleasure of seeing them, like, uh, be shamed before you win. Right. So that, that's, why, that's why it's such a rich, multi-layered text, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> I've always felt that he left some things out, like taste and smell. <laughs> to, to like, to taste enemies? their roasted horses. Oh, yeah, there you and, go. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what smell would be. See, I like... I smell like, barbecue. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like the question from Willow, where it's like, what finger con- has the power to control the universe? Is that what it is? Or you control? Oh, oh yeah, let's do that one. Which <laughs> finger? Everybody. This one. This one. This this one. one. You're all wrong! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you're all right. Because yeah. the answer is to pick your own finger, yeah. Yeah. rather than the finger of the wizard who asks you the question, because he holds up the three fingers. Is which Spoiler finger? alert. I'm sorry. <laughs> You can pick your fingers and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your nose's finger. Fingers, nose. <laughs> you can't pick which finger has the magic power. Friends, uh, fingers, nose. You cannot well, pick Warwick Davis's finger. <laughs> so at the beginning of this, I, I tweeted out on the Twitters in case anybody uh, wanted to say anything uh, uh, to us and have us respond on the show. And uh, Bruce Wayne Brady, uh, uh, Anthony, uh, Twitter handle Bruce Wayne Brady, uh, says, hey, overthinkers, and this is, I'm reading this because this is kind of the direction we were thinking of going uh, in uh, ourselves. What about the trend of Hollywood remakes, especially titles from the 80s? Mm-hmm. Is there not as much faith in original concepts uh, anymore? Uh, well, thank you. Yep. I think we can, we can do a lot on this, but before we do, Bruce Wayne Brady, is this like <laughs> the other Brady children are killed? <laughs> 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 like the lovely lady and the man all on his hood are killed. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so like instead instead of Alfred, there's Alice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, is it like secretly Jan who like? The I, think, I think it's Jan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's I think it's Wayne I think it's Wayne Brady, the guy from Who's Line. Oh yeah, right? yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> oh, right. you know that? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a black guy. He's a dancer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, what what about it? Let's just let's uh, let's ring the changes on these. Conan the Barbarian, um, the Smurfs just came out, right? Mm-hmm. Every other movie of the last two years. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean Transformers. Yeah, of eighties properties, Transformers, yeah, Transformers. GI Joe, yeah. Karate Kid is still fresh in my mind. Yeah. Sure, there's a, a new Thundercats cartoon. Sure, yeah. Yeah. the uh, there's a, and they have no one has done my favorite Sky Commanders. Did anyone watch Sky Commanders? <laughs> oh, actually, that was the toys that like had the snap on weapons, right? They had well, they did have snap on weapons, but their their power was wearing awesome backpacks that shot lasers across a cannon, and oh, the laser. Well, you could, Swing them down. Yeah, and so they could deploy zip lines from any yeah. location yeah. across a cannon, and they would swing back and forth. Uh, cannon, canyon, yeah. and they would uh, swing back and forth across, and they they were awesome. They had like heavy equipment uh, conveyors that did not just uh, zip lines, but like zip conveyor belts. Uh, these and I had these. I had these toys. It was a death trap in my room because it was crisscrossed yeah. by <laughs> neon, by various ziplines. Yeah, by various neon I colors. Remember, of string. I remember when you seduced Captain Zeta Jones and she had to get through your room. She almost became entrapped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Josh, you're thinking of Centurions, which was I like, am. Yeah, right. That, their gimmick was that every single square inch of your body you could snap a gun onto, and if your your parents bought you the toy, you would lose all of them immediately <laughs> except for the tiniest one which you would choke on and there was like they, 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 like the air force guy and the navy guy and they were cool and then there was like pedestrian <laughs> and he had like a like some sort of crane on his back that was the one i didn't lose <laughs> so i remember it well yeah they haven't remade those two they haven't remade uh, lost cities of gold that's oh, so good waiting Should for that one uh, they haven't remade macgyver we talked about this before in another podcast they haven't they haven't remade a gem except for hannah montana which they kind of totally did but not as awesome right 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 <laughs> no not near with the star earrings and a computer named synergy that yeah and and an evil band is there an evil band in hannah montana no, I don't know. Just the paparazzis. Yeah, I mean, I've been told in general that the '80s efforts to make like female action figure heroes were generally failures. 
right? That like She-Ra and Jem and stuff, while they're appreciated by us as like nostalgia objects, sure. like commercially, they weren't really very successful, such that all of the new shows that are coming out that are in that genre are like all dudes now, right? Like it's huh. like, you don't see as, as um, I think there was, there's been efforts over time to make like female protagonists who are in these kinds of shows, but I think someone told me, and I, and I can't um, confirm it because I don't have the net in front of me right now, um, that all of the new shows that are sort of these like cartoons for kids that are coming out, like all the hero ones are all dudes. I'm thinking, I'm thinking though of like the Disney Channel shows, like iCarly and mm-hmm. Hannah Montana. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that is to say, they seem to have or Nickelodeon. I actually don't know the well, difference. With the Explorer, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, so there seems to be it seems to be a new mold. But all the ones that you name, like Shira and Gem, in a way, kind of take a male action type story. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. kind of graft a woman on. Yeah, you're, you're trying to sell uh, that product. You're right. Trying to sell the action figure product to a girl. Uh huh. And that's what doesn't work. Right, but you can make a show for girls that they're going to like, and then you can sell them other merchandise, like like a like a lifestyle. You're selling yeah, a lifestyle. yeah, exactly. Like, you're like selling, you can sell the lunchboxes, an unsustainable, and... entitled lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a show for little girls, and little girls will buy the toys. As will strange forty year old men. Oh, yeah, this is true. This yeah. is true. Which is why uh, My Little Pony yeah. is like a giant hit, right? Oh, Friendship is Magic is yeah. the remake yeah. of that. And have you guys heard about the brony phenomenon of like yes. dudes who are fans of this? That's amazing. Bronies? I've got to yeah. say, I, I watched the pilot episode of that on YouTube, and it's like, it's quality. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, original, the original show was not. I mean, like, I have that whole post about the movie that they made that was like the wor- one of the worst movies in terms of commercial success ever. Uh, when it was made back then, you know, as the Grundle King, as the Grundle King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, just so you know, there's come on, why are you doing that? But, but there was like one guy who wrote like all those shows, like he he wrote like a bunch of key man scripts, a bunch of Lila Pony scripts, like snork stuff, all that stuff. He owned the eighties. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And like, I tried to find out where he was when I was researching that article. The Snorks made me bad because it was it was just the Smurfs with straws stuck in their heads. <laughs> That was all it was. No, it was but it's, it's less of a top-down organization that the that the Smurfs obey Papa Smurf without question, and the Snorks are more individualistic. Uh, so you said it was, it was like a a, a a commerce's answer to the communism of the Smurfs. It always seemed like a little bit more of a chaotic society than the Smurfs, which are very organized. Like when the dam is breaking, nobody's like, "Well, it's my birthday today. I don't want to fix the dam." Whereas that the Snorks are very, I mean, the, the way I remember them is that there's a lot of bickering and there's a lot of like, we need to put aside our problems to solve this. Yeah. Is it, okay, so, so Snorks, Smurfs, Fraggles, right? A Fraggle. This is like the taxonomy of <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. small things that live, like the Littles. Like, uh, uh, Muppet yeah. Bay, oh, the Littles, you that's a whole other like thing. David the Gnome. Right? Well, David the Gnome didn't live around people so much. He lived in the woods for the most part, right? I don't know. He, he fought some orcs. Small. Yeah. He was always looking for a mushroom to fix a little girl. He was a doctor. He fought orcs. What is it? He would always have to, like, get past something. There, I'd be like, yeah. there's, like, one ingredient that'll, like, fix your lymphoma. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. It's like fox lymphoma. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> da, 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 da. Well, here, here's the thing. So the thing is that, like, a lot, of the, a lot of television entertainments are based off of an idea of familiarity. Sure. And they don't have to be remakes to rely heavily on this idea of familiarity, right? Like, two, you know, two and a half men is just as derivative of things that were made in the 80s as My Little Pony Friendship of Magic is. It just has a different name. Right, because it's like people who want to watch my two dads, 
mm-hmm. right now are watching Two and a Half Men, and it's this, uh, this very similar show. There are changes, but uh, the idea is that our lives, the changes in our lives are troubling. They provoke anxiety. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. So in order to feel better, we want to go home and we want to watch something that's familiar and that reminds us that that. There are parts of th- things that are things that will stay. There are things that are permanent, right? It's it's like they're they're kind of like two models of storytelling, and one is the the just so model that you're talking about, which is that like Rudyard Kipling said he wrote down the just so story. I mean, this is myth making, but the myth of it is he wrote them down because his kids wanted to hear those adventure stories just so, and so they're the just so stories. Another one though is that that narrative kind of transports us. You know what I mean? It's kind of an emotional transportation, and it's a kind of vicarious experience. So that it has these two distinct functions, and the one that you're identifying is the the kind of feeling at home function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that brings people in. It attracts people. It's a selling point. I mean, you, you I, I would even say that the identity of the show is going to have less to do with whether the show transports you um, than whether it feels familiar, mm-hmm. right? And that you can make a show that's transformative and that transports you that uh, is also familiar, right? Um, and, and is just so in that way. I don't know. I mean, this is what news is becoming, Right. Uh, well, they basically, like the, like it's the, like the, the Anderson the Cooper I mean, There's a reason Anderson Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason Anderson Cooper's on like four hours a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. because like he becomes this trusted voice. Like you see him, and it's it's comforting. Like an older uncle right. who's who's curiously unmarried after yeah. a number well, of years. Because people still watch. There are people who still watch network news because it is the thing that they do at like seven o'clock or whatever, right. or six o'clock. Like. But you know, I, I think it's important to distinguish between different types of '80s properties that are being revived for different reasons and with the children's show in particular i think we have to keep in mind that a lot of what children's shows get watched is determined by the parents Mm -hmm. that the kids below a certain age don't really like know about all the shows out there and don't really seek out their own programming and so the idea that like you know hey there's like a transformer show on tv or a teenage mutant turtle show on tv it's that's almost a star wars right Uh, star wars clone wars is a very popular show and i actually have a six-year-old and it is true that, like, um, I would not mind watching Star Wars Clone Wars because I like the, I like, even though I have uh, pro- overthinking it type issues with it, it is a familiar property to me, and I kind of watch that in a show where I don't know what any of the people are. I want to say that the, the other idea for this podcast was to get the two six-year-olds who are, yeah. who are here with us. Only one of them is mine. <laughs> and then, but, but, I mean, another category of 80s properties I want to distinguish, something like the A-Team. Where the A-Team remake is, there's maybe more of a rationale for that, because you almost feel like the A-Team in the 80s could not be, I don't want to say fully realized, but like could not be realized in the way that an A-Team movie could be realized, both for for means of budget, and because obviously very famously they they shot a million bullets and never hit anybody with a single bullet. They they couldn't afford what they called uh, squibs. Squibs, yeah. But I mean also like it was a very much a PG, it was a cartoony show. It was a show that, that parents could watch with their kids. The first and episode has Hannibal in a monster outfit for yeah. most of the episodes. <laughs> right. At, like, Universal Studios, and he, yeah. like, drowns his pursuers in, like, the Red Sea thing. And so that, like, they, they did something different with the movie. The movie is not just an attempt to recreate the A-Team for the fun of recreating the A-Team. It's taking the A-Team to, like, a place where it did not go in the past. So that, like, it's... It's a little different than, like, let's say, the Karate Kid remake, which I refuse to see. <laughs> but I imagine is it's not... Uh, people are going to argue with me there, so I'll, I'll back off of that one. So, like, when the inevitable Snorks movie comes out, it either could be a CGI Snorks cartoon, which is designed for children, but you're meant to get 
parents who loved the Snorks in the past to bring their kids. Yeah. Or you take it a place that the Snorks couldn't go, and it's about these hideous mutated underwater sea creatures jumping out and like eating new ball teens off of boats. And it's, it's like called, Lovecraft, basically. Snork Knight 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I, would I would watch that for a dollar. Has anyone heard that Seth MacFarlane purchased the Flintstones? Yes, I have heard so that. that. I'd be curious to see what he's going to do, because he, he's clearly got a series of shows that have a very like patterned comedy. Is he going to do something with the Flintstones characters that's going to be like Family Guy Part 4? Yeah. Or is he going to redo the Flintstones? Well, the Flintstones are a great example of a property that they tried to do what you're talking about with the A-Team, where they tried to do it right with like the live-action Flintstones movie because we had like better yeah. technology and stuff, and it just didn't work. Right? Um, but, I mean, also, like, that was... It was a curious decision. Like, why does there have to be a live-action Flintstones? Why is that better than making a cartoon movie of the Flintstones? Mm. There was a live-action Flintstones. It was called The Honeymooners, and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it came first. The whole, like, the, there was, like, 8,000 years of yeah. unrecorded history, too. <laughs> the, the, the stupid thing about, the, like, a Flintstones live-action is that the, the gag of the Flintstones that you don't necessarily realize when you're watching it is that they're taking the conventions of, like... TV sitcoms from back in the day, and really specifically the Honeymooners, and being like, wouldn't it be silly if we did that as a cartoon? Mm. So then you're taking something where, like, the only point of it is that wouldn't it be silly to do it as a cartoon, and making it not a cartoon. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which appeals to me as, like, avant-garde performance art, but not as a genre. <laughs> yeah. So do you think Seth MacFarlane's going to make a new Flintstone show? I mean, you know, I, I don't know if it's going the distance, but I think that he he's workshopping it, basically. It's an interesting concept because, of course, the Flintstones was a, it was a primetime show back in the day. It was not a kid show. It was um, the Simpsons of its day. Right, it was the Simpsons of the day. And, of course, now our sort of comedic sensibilities have evolved to the point where the Flintstones is something that you would, that you would show to kids on Boomerang and not, the, the humor does not strike you as particularly adult. Uh, and so that, in a way, it's, it's tempting to be like, well, what about going back to, to making it sort of seem to our modern sensibilities what it was originally supposed to be, which is, yeah, the Simpsons of its day. Mm. But, which, which I guess is just like, you know, uh, dinosaurs. And what was that thing called that, with, the, with the, the claymation dinosaurs? From dinosaurs. the 90s? It was just called well, dinosaurs. That was like, a claymation. It was, it was, it was dinosaurs. They were costumes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the mama. Yeah, it was just called not, dinosaurs. Not, not the, mama. the mama, right. So now the Flintstones had canned laughter, so Matt Rather, from your standard, does that mean it's a live show? Yeah. <laughs> it was, absolutely. It was, it was animated in front of a live studio audience. The audience came and sat in bleachers around one lonely animator, hunched there over a drafting table, painstaking. They would, like, would laugh really slowly, and they would just speed up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what the one that we haven't seen, and maybe it's because it's the 70s or even before that, I don't, I don't actually know, is The Jetsons, which is sort of the Dick Van Dyke show, but animated, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it'd be interesting. To, I'd like to see the live-action Jetsons. We haven't, we haven't seen anything like that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the thing that always bothered me about the Flintstones and the Jetsons is, like, you don't think that they do anything interesting with the time period. Yeah. And I know I, this is probably one of the most ridiculous things we've ever discussed, and I'm, I'm embarrassed right as on. I say it. I guess I'm just saying that, like, let's do a show about Caitlin. Don't you expect it to be about, on some sort of, like, metaphorical level, about, like, these people are, like, old-fashioned, and things are different now, but maybe they're going to realize that the way they're doing things is old-fashioned and has to change. But really, it's just, their society is absolutely analogous to the modern society where it's being made, all that they do is replace modern technology with a bunch of sight gags yeah. using like uh you know like dinosaurs as garbage disposals. But they don't they don't do any jokes about like 
these people are like so old fashioned and they have to like invent the concept of blank. Yeah. And they're like becoming modern humans gradually episode by episode. I think the dinosaurs is more like that as a show because I think it plays more with the fact that the people are kind of unhappy and underdeveloped as like individuals, I guess. They're all stereotypes, I suppose, to one extent or another. And it's like, it seems like they lag a little bit more of that personal development. There's more of a metaphor um, between being a dinosaur and like being a mm-hmm. middle-aged father. But I guess I, I, a better way to put the point I was just trying to make, the difference between the Jetsons and Futurama Futurama is clearly thinking hard about, like, the trends of today and if you extrapolated them into the future and, like, how is this ridiculous or, like, how is this, you know, like, like what is the future actually going to be like? And the Jetsons is not thinking about what the future is going to be like. The Jetsons is, they like... pretty much got, like, robots and conveyor belts and stuff. But the robots are exactly the same as having a human maid. Yeah. You know? That, like, there's, there's no actual thought about what human society is going to be like. It's basically just a modern sitcom, but with, like, different backgrounds. Yeah. So you're saying that you would be happier if on the Jetsons it turns out that Astro's dog chat was made out of people. I guess I'm just saying <laughs> And you're saying you'd be happier if on the Simpsons Fred pooped in a corner of the cave. <laughs> Riz Reeple! Did I say the Simpsons? You did. You did, yeah. I would be happier if in the Simpsons Fred was pooped. I hate to break this to you guys, but uh, there is a live-action Jetsons movie. What? Except no. for 2012 release. No, 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 no. I am a prognosticating god. Wait, is there a cast at all? Um, not that I can tell. Jimmy Gyllenhaal is clearly in it somewhere. Who's George Jetson? Somebody is it Steve Carell? Please don't let it be it's Steve Carell. Oh, I'm working on, I'm working oh on. God, <laughs> it's Steve Carell or the dad from Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah, Robert Rodriguez. The, is you mean like around. three? The, the guy from Breaking Bad? <laughs> yeah, he's not George. <laughs> yeah. He's not the man of the future. He's Michael Chiklis. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh, I also want to point out an interesting little coincidence. The mother on, on Dinosaurs is Jessica Walter, who was Lucille Bluth on Arrested Development. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the, the voice, the, the mother. She's I don't also t- an archer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, she is an archer. Okay, is so there's no cast announcement of Justin's movie, so let, let our imaginations run wild. But is there anybody attached to it? Mm-hmm. Like anybody in directing it, or producing it, or writing it, or... Is it just like totally um, I'm hoping with G, Robert but Rodriguez. probably not. Oh, Robert Rodriguez. Okay. Robert Rodriguez directing. So like Spike, it's directing. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Dane Cook as Astro. Um. <laughs> but I mean, I guess my point is like we don't need a a, a new Jetsons because we have Futurama. And it doesn't that do exactly what the Jetsons do. should be doing? Well, maybe. I mean, across the Jetsons could be pretty different. If you, if it's about, it's like well, saying, yeah, that's like saying we don't need Babylon Five because we have Star Trek: The Next Generation. And God <laughs> forbid, don't say anything like that. I love no. Well, now what the Jetsons, what the Jetsons has that Futurama doesn't have is a very typical nuclear family. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. right. Which Futurama intentionally doesn't have because that you know yeah, they're all they're all sort of single, is, looking, is, looking for love. They're is a, looking is a new family. They're not settling down. They're a bunch of aimless twenty somethings that are yeah. I mean, if it's Robert Rodriguez directing it, it'll probably focus on Elroy and Judy, right? For the most part. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you had an episode of the uh, of the Jetsons where, like, uh, George gets on the treadmill and he's walking Astro, and then they go really, 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 really fast, and then relativistically time dilates and his family gets super old, would that be, would that be a Futurama solution to a Jetsons? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think because also the Jetsons is really obsessed with normalcy, right? And just like like everything is right. weird around them, but they they like maintain their lives the way that they, it's like oh we're gonna have dinner and it's a pill, right? But he treats it just like regular dinner and he yeah. gets the plate out. And yeah. the na- even ties the napkin around his neck. Right. I love that he ties the napkin around his neck to eat the pill. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. You wouldn't want to dribble any pill on your nice white shirt, <laughs> exactly, you know? Exactly. Or, or on, uh, just complain. 
Well, she yeah. had to clean the shirt. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, Jane Jetson, she of the triangle collar, the white triangle collar. Yeah, you know, around yeah, Because yeah. Futurama yeah. does have this idea that in the future, like, things are going to fall apart, too. Everybody's very, like, the, the crew in Futurama is very kind of disparate and scattered. Everybody hates Zoidberg, and yeah. Yeah, there's just weird relationships and stuff. That, I mean, yeah, the, the future is basically bad in yeah. Futurama, and it's basically positive in the Jetsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That people Except are... the smog, but even so, people have houses that go above yeah. the smog. I suppose. Well, in the Jetsons, that's the thing of the Jetsons movie. It's not a... Is that in the TV show? Yeah. The, Je- the Jetsons ha- live in an apartment complex or condo complex uh-huh. that's on, like, sort of telescopic stilts. Right. That, like, rises above I, the I don't think that's in the text. I no, think you're reading it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's not. I think they, they do that. No, like, that when, like uh, they, there are times when they press the button to, like, raise it up. I think it's because of like because like the surface of the earth is full of like mutants and everything. Not mutants, smog. It's basically, it's basically like Fallout Three on the surface. Of the earth. <laughs> or and like, when, they, when they make electric cars, they go in and they actually add engine noises to them so that people feel like they're in a car. Oh like, yeah! Someone needs to hack that so it makes the. Yeah, the Jetsons car. Oh wow! Like I will, I, I'm putting it out. Five hundred bucks to the person who could do that to my car. That's like that when you taught me when cutting video to uh, to always leave the camera noise in rather than have total silence because total silence freaks people. Out. Yeah, you need room tone. Room tone. Yeah. yeah. Right. Interesting. So, so we've now. I mean, the Jetsons was my example of the thing that hadn't been remade, and 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 Mark has crushed it. Um. So basically, what we've done is. We've taken everything from pop culture in the 80s and redone it. But the space shuttle from the 80s, we're stopping. There's no more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as expensive as the Jetsons is, it's not as expensive as the space shuttle. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Well, we need to... Bring... We don't know that. We don't know who's starring yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's Ryan Phillippe. No, wait, no. Wow. So we have a, we have a couple, new, couple new Twitters. Uh, Tetrarch Angel... Yeah, we know Tetrarch Angel. Yeah, who is uh, Tim Swan, former awesome. podcast follow him, guest. Follow him, Tim. Right, uh, <laughs> says, what changes when you guys are in the room together? What's the, what's the live dynamic like? And Serial Thrawn uh, adds, on to, yeah, yeah. Uh, adds on to that. He says, yeah, how's the sexual tension? <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody but me has their girlfriends here. <laughs> so the sexual tension, I don't know. I don't know how you guys are handling yeah, everybody else, but everyone but you is also wearing pants, so thanks. What? I like to feel free. It's not, my, it's not my fault. It's awfully, it is awfully hot in this room right It's now. quite homosocial, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the steal a page yeah. from the TFT podcast. Though, yeah, it's much. absolutely, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we should all talk about homosociality and how the girlfriends are all just an excuse so that we can be homoerotic with well, one as long another. As, as we did all spend the day shirtless together. <laughs> I mean, as long as we're saying this, we can say that right before this, we were all in the hot tub. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were in the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> it was not, alas, a hot tub time machine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I, um, you know, John Parrish is not with us, who's, of course, great friend, collaborator. Uh, he's not here right now. Um, but the, those of us who are here have known each other for a long time, like way before overthinking it ever started. So we're usually pretty comfortable around each other. <laughs> Back when we were just thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> you might also notice that we're not talking over each other like we always do. I was just going on Google to see if there was actually a Snork movie coming out, which there's not, alas. Aww. But, like, if you go to the Snork Wikipedia page, first of all, there's a section for villains. There were villains on the Snorks? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's going to be a conflict. There's a character called the Great Snork Nork, who's a vampire Snork, the Snork Whoa. equivalent of Dracula. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Did he have Does he teeth in the circle to yeah. suck? <laughs> 
His his like snorkel thing is on the front of his face turned downward, so I guess he can like uh, poke people with it. Guillermo del Toro needs to be right. So he has a, the villain has a big hooked nose. <laughs> Just like Gargamel. <laughs> Just like Gargamel, that's right. Gargamel. Uh, 80s. Let me ask you like a, a broad question though. Um, are, is there anything from the 80s that they should not remake? Are we against these remakes? Or is it sort of like, hey, if the Jetsons movie is good, that's wonderful. Um, or is it like, even if the Jetsons movie is good, it is still bad that they did it. It should not have been done. Glasnost and Perestroika. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they should let those yeah. stick around. They should not actually rebuild the Berlin Wall. Well, there'd be a couple of reasons not <laughs> to do it, right? Reason. So, like, one reason you wouldn't want to do it is because you think the thing is sacred and it shouldn't be touched. And at this point, I'm so disillusioned with that. I'm like, whatever, just come by and leave the money on the dresser. Or what if, well, actually, a great example of that. They just announced this week remaking Dirty Dancing. Yes. No cast yet. And you could argue it's like, look, that was a classic movie. Patrick Swayze is dead. And right. fairly recently, like what, like a year or two ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and, 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 and so, like, you know, maybe it's a bad taste to remake it. Yeah, and perhaps, perhaps. I and mean, certainly if they made a guy who looked exactly like him, it would be bad. But they already, they made a Dirty Dancing sequel just a couple years ago. Well, not a couple Yeah, years. exactly. They made Dirty Dancing at Van and Nights. And of yeah. course, Patrick Swayze was in that in a small part. Right, right, right. But it's not a straight up remake. Um, so, okay, that's a legitimate that's, argument. That's one, like, I mean, the. the the women of our generation love that movie. Women? Like, <laughs> I mean, you're not, as we say, the women of our generation. <laughs> it's true that the women of our generation do love that movie, but they're not the only ones. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's an true. enjoyable movie. I mean, it's, that, that one's going to be really hard to pull off. It's possible. Like, everything that's different is going to be, is going to offend people. And, like, a Top Gun remake would not be a great idea for similar reasons, right? No. Like, I mean, yeah. you could make it... Right. Though Don't Ask, Don't Tell is over, so they could textualize the subtext. That would be the only good thing to do, right? Like a flamingly, like, you know, um, and openly gay Top Gun movie. Yeah. Let's go, sorry, back, go back to Dirty Dancing for a second. I got it. <laughs> Sitting on a gold mine. Uh, who, you know who which artist covers I had the time of my life? Justin freaking Bieber. Called it. Gonna Are you happen. serious? And that would be awesome. Zach Efron. I just only in my wait. Justin years. Bieber in which role? In the girl role or in the boy? No, no, no. Role? He just he just does the recording. Oh, okay. I had the time of my life. Would, would it be yeah. set? Would it still be set he in the sixties? Doesn't know if he's had the time of his life. He's twelve yeah. years old. <laughs> yeah. Never seen him. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's a reason not to do an eighties remake is if the property is so specifically about a particular sort of cultural time. If it really has like to Back to the Future with the eighties. Well, yeah. that's not a good idea. I mean, yeah, well, that, but then you, but you but just wait, transpose it. Wait a second. If you read me Back to the Future, you'd be traveling back to 1985, right? Oh, yeah. Would that, that be awesome? <laughs> so what's the I equivalent? think that might be awesome. If you, if you do that and you go back to 1985, what's the equivalent of like doing Johnny B. Good for the, for the he would play Something by the Ramones? He would play like, <laughs> <laughs> child of mine. No, no, yeah, he invents grunge. He plays He plays Smells Like Cheat Spirit. Oh, my He's like, gosh. It's like you kids are ready for her. <laughs> Listen to this! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh man. By, by the oh way, anyone in Boston, uh, September 2nd, uh, September 16th, and then every Friday through the mid October, come see 1.21 gigawatts at Improv Boston, my Back to the Future themed improv show that I'm directing that's going up in a <laughs> What I want to know is what is the equivalent of a DeLorean? Like, what car do you make the... Uh, I think you get a DeLorean. I think you do it. <laughs> the only thing that's the same. Yeah. Everything else is totally... Every, everything is shifted for 30 years except for the car. I saw, I saw a, uh, a DeLorean in L.A. the other day just driving down the street, and that car was broke 
down. Yeah. <laughs> there haven't been parts made for yeah, it exactly. since 1985. It was, it was like rattling. Like you an need old... a time machine. To <laughs> you know what? They probably have to do a different car so that they can get the endorsements and the product placements. Yeah, yeah, Maybe oh, PT yeah. Cruiser can make one with butterfly doors. <laughs> like, it, is, it is kind of fascinating to think about because instead of the Libyans, you'd have Al-Qaeda, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, or yeah, or Libyans. Or Libyans. No, because no, Al-Qaeda, like, but like, him partnering with the Libyans was like forgivable. In Back to the Future, they were like a real terrorist threat back then. Right? Yeah, but Americans. It would be kind of weird to have them be like, "Yeah, you know." So I was going to sell a dirty bomb to Al Qaeda, but instead I'm using I'm double crossing them, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe you hook them into the power grid at a power plant or something like that, rather than use nuclear stuff, because maybe nuclear stuff isn't as in vogue. So, so the new bad guys are just like Enron. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. The, the I mean, it's just it's just plant security. He, he just needs like a swimming pool full of oil. They're like arbitraging, <laughs> arbitraging the energy market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, 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 that could be fun. That could be fun. I mean, you can transpose the things that don't fit. Like you could do. What's another good example of something like Born on the Fourth of July? Mm-hmm. Like you could remake this right. as a Vietnam veteran, and you could make him like a veteran from Iraq or Afghanistan, and it would probably and be fun. Now you make him a veteran in the first de- of the first Iraq War of Desert Storm, right? right? right, right like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, what, what else are any movies could you Can make? you make Prince Field of, of Dreams now? Field of Dreams, just make it about soccer with a Hispanic family? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious! <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that would be great. Pretty good. Yeah, I can see that. You have, like, Ghosts of Pele or whatever? If you mow it. still alive. <laughs> What's Spanish for build? Oh, how can you say, um, say, ask Twitter how to say if you build it, they will come in Spanish. Or Google Translators. Como se dice if you build it, Put it in the comments. You can do, you can do, you can do Field of Dreams. You can do baseball, it'd be fine. You know, right. it probably will work out fine. Um, you can do any of that stuff. I mean, I think we can all agree it's a bad thing that they aren't doing more original movies. I don't know about that. Honestly, no? like, if you go back over the, over the long haul times when they've been doing original stuff versus times when they were doing remakes and adaptations like there's been more times when they're doing remakes and adaptations most of Shakespeare is remakes and adaptations yeah, I think recently I like a video of service of Gene Siskel like 20 or 30 years ago complaining about remakes and sequels yeah. like you know in the like I guess late 70s or, mm-hmm. or, or, or so. I mean that, that doesn't mean it's not demonstrably more now I mean, it really... But look, I mean, what are they going to remake in 20 years? I know that's the wrong way to look at it. But, like, you know... <laughs> There's no reason why you can't do a remake of a remake of a remake, right? I suppose you can. So well, they, no. You don't remake the things that they do now that we're responding to. You remake, remake the things that our kids respond to. Like, you remake... Like, you make a Dora the Explorer live-action movie. Yeah, a gritty right. Dora the Explorer where, uh, where Sneaker is like... Where it's like the wire. Sneaker, right? She's And Dora's like, how my hair look? <laughs> <laughs> and the monkey is like, it look good, girl. <laughs> I think we do need one distinction there, and that's that some of these shows are remade as with us as the target audience because we were around in the 80s and we want to see what Pee Wee Herman is up to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why his show has been doing so well because we're his audience. He's got a show now? He's on Broadway, Broadway, yeah. But it's not for kids. And that's the thing. Like, Smurfs was remade for children. It wasn't really remade for us. I mean, maybe if we have kids, we'll be like, hey, we know the Smurfs. So Pee Wee was an interesting thing because he started as an improv show, or I guess as a sketch show. I guess it's like the Groundlings. Yeah, he was in the Groundlings with with John Lovitz and Phil Hartman. There you go. He was making fun of those children's shows. And it was, yeah, and it was so, it was for grownups and it had a very grown-up sensibility with like nudity and and the gay genie and things like this. And it was sort of toned down, I guess. Wait, the genie was gay? 
Mecca like a high, Mecca high ho. There goes my child. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, um, uh, and then, so the kids show like toned down a lot of the the raunchiness, but not a lot of the innuendo. And that, you know what I mean? And now sort of it's a, the one, the Alex It turned Tim- out that bottling up the raunchy was the wrong move. <laughs> the yeah. Alex Timbers directed live show is a return to, to the sort of, to the live show Wait, thing. Alex one- Timbers from... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Alex Timbers, the artistic director of Les Frères Corbusier. Oh, I was thinking of Alex Winter, which they haven't done a Bill and Ted remake yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I want them to make a straight up sequel. Actually, no, I think they are. I think I read about it. Like a remake story. or like another sequel with Keanu? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's Keanu. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're totally going to make a live action Powerpuff Girls movie at some point. That's mm-hmm. got to happen. Who do you cast as a Powerpuff Girl? Someone who wasn't born yet. That's hopefully the next Will Smith kid. Or they do like (laughs) grown up sexy Powerpuff Girls, which would be. No, no, no. Because Nickelodeon still owns it, right? Or Cartoon Gallery still owns it. Isn't that what Bratz is? They made a Bratz live action movie that's so weird. I'm just going to say it a third time because I like to say Bratz. With, with Brat a Z. for a second, like the Brack show. The like Space Coast, Coast to Coast. The spinoff of Space Coast. Yeah. <laughs> so there's an interesting thing, right? All of those Cartoon Network shows sure. are retreads of old properties, right? Like, they're so heavily retreaded that you're not even aware that's, of it. It's more of a remix than a remake, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, but it, this exists on a continuum. Every remake is a remix, to a certain degree. Right, unless unless you do like the uh, the Gus Van Sant Psycho route, where it's like literally shot for shot, and I don't think that the live action Smurfs movie is actually just like five three episodes of the Smurfs like back to back. No, they go to New York for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Do they take Manhattan? I guess. Is there a keeper? Nothing has yet actually taken Manhattan, right? Like the yeah, Muppets not, didn't get to keep it. Yeah, I mean, at the end they have like what we could presume to be a mildly successful Broadway show. That's not taking Manhattan. The, the Dutch, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah that's really. The yeah. English took it. Yeah, the Dutch and the English. Yeah, yeah that's the English thing. Yeah, are the Smurfs have a Broadway show in the uh, movie? This is. This uh, is no, 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 they don't have a Broadway show. I think they just come to New York and they need to find their way home. So in a way, it's like if you guys remember the season eight or nine of the Smurfs where they get lost in time. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Where they had Go the time on. crystals and they're like, "Oh no, we're in the Renaissance. We need to like put the time crystals back together." And in the meantime, like a minst- like a traveling minstrel or like you know a, a, a motley fool would kidnap us. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Let's reverse. They had time crystals. They went back in time. To the Renaissance, from where? Okay, just very briefly, because I feel like I've had this conversation on the podcast before. Uh, season premiere, they find a dinosaur frozen in ice. It uh, is dethawed and like sort of adopted by the Smurfs, but there's no, there's nothing for it to eat, so it's starving to Except death. Except Smurfs. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Even, it's, it's, it's not a herbivore. It's a, uh, I believe it's a Stegosaurus. Uh, so what happens is like uh, Papa Smurf, I think Grandpa Smurf may be in on this, decides that they need to travel back in time to drop it off but something goes wrong With and they, the all get, they all get stuck back in time and it actually is kind of like a Bill and Ted thing where they have to like fix the antenna on the phone booth to move to the next thing so they're sort of jumping through. it's quantum leap basically um, with Smurfs oh boy Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so it's so perfect I love they should do a quantum leap remake that would be a good thing to remake I'd like to watch that I like that show the Smurfs in Manhattan should be like beyond Thunderdome with giant rats yeah <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> 
Are they gonna, they're going to remake Escape from New York at some point, but with the Smurfs? Without the Smurfs. <laughs> but, like, they could, I mean, they made Escape from L.A., which is... I heard, actually, I heard they were going to with Gerard Butler, but I think it fell through. Oh, it did? Okay. That's unfortunate. Uh, Next up is Escape from Des Moines, which yeah. is very <laughs> easy, because you can go in any direction. <laughs> Escape from Toronto, because that's where they were going to shoot it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they can finally use the landmarks of Toronto instead of disguising them. I kind of want to see uh, a Gummy Bears remake with actual bears. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> see, talking bears, I mean? Yeah. The live bears are <laughs> just so long, just so long as like there's a rap cover of Magic and Mystery yeah, yeah, part of absolutely. their history. Just, you, uh, you, you get Lars von Trier to direct, so it's very austere. You just like dress a bunch of bears up in those suits and let them loose in, a, in like a castle. Somewhere. So just, instead of Grizzly Man, it's Gummy Man. Bouncing here and there and everywhere. There's a lot of Disney afternoon stuff that is they're just sitting on, like Darkwing Duck, right? Yeah, Ducktales. It's totally ripe with like Batman having tailspin, which is the best show ever, right? Because who doesn't love it? The South Pacific air cargo transport business being run by animals. I like to think that those shows have been outlawed because the theme songs are like. Too catchy to live. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, with the actually, for the rest of the ten minutes of the podcast, we're just gonna sing Disney afternoon. Japan Tales. Sorry. Rescue When there's danger. What? Keep coming. They've got to be remade. We made a promise. Sorry, Jared. We we interrupted you. Like with the the popularity of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, don't we want to see a gritty? You know, uh, dark, edgy, Darkwing Duck remake. Darkwing Duck Year One. You know, the, the dark <laughs> Darkwing Duck begins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dark, Darkwing Duck. Let's get dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's get dangerous. Or he cracks open the egg, peeks out. Yeah. His mother is shot by a hunter. Well, you were talking about things they shouldn't remake. They shouldn't remake Bonkers from the Disney Afternoon about that bobcat that was a cat that was a cop with humans. Because um, it was terrible, so terrible. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even remember that show. My, uh, how do you remake uh, Ducktales in a, in the modern? You have Scrooge McDuck lose all his money in the stock market, right. and now he has to go figure out how to be rich again, whether he wants to. Right. Yeah. And it's he... a show that teaches kids about financial markets and yeah. about you know securities. And... He's voiced by Bernie Madoff. I mean, maybe maybe what's wrong with the economy now is that instead of spending their money, everyone's just creating swimming pools of money. <laughs> there's no liquidity. There's no liquidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the Beagle Boys are actually like communist agitators. <laughs> Flint Hart Glombold is a hedge fund manager. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> takes away all. What is it? Why are the only the Scottish people financially successful <laughs> in Dunkirk? It's like two old Scottish people. And I know the real answer is because of Andrew Carnegie, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the sad thing is, like, somebody actually sat there and thought about it. Somebody's like, you know, the robber barons of like a century ago were Scottish, and therefore Scrooge McDuck has to be Scottish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, because his name is McDuck. Yeah, right? it's, like, if he'd been Duckstein, like, first <laughs> oh, of all, wow. they would have had some problems. Like, <laughs> the belt. Scots are still, like, fair game. <laughs> long, long hooks. Do, do you find <laughs> Doug, jo- Josh is Scottish. Is, uh, do you find him offensive? Aye. <laughs> oh man, Huey Dewey Louie, Gizmo Duck. They can make Gizmo Duck. They can totally bring back Gizmo Duck. It's like a wait, wait. straight down the middle. Robocop. 
That's the uh, 80s problem. They, 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 they keep talking it. about it. With Darren Aronofsky, he yeah. was going to do it, but then I think they stopped working on it. He was going to do I think. I know, I think they did it, and they just renamed it The Wrestler before they released it. Because <laughs> 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 without a man, he's exactly. been like augmented, <laughs> and he's got like all these enhancements. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually Black Swan. Mila Kunis is the giant rocking robot. <laughs> <laughs> 15 seconds to discover your feminine. <laughs> 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 Have you ever seen a metal cop yeah. <laughs> solving crimes in old Detroit? Yeah. Uh, somewhere there's a crime happening. Probably in Detroit. Yeah. But no, they tried to do Robocop and they didn't succeed, unfortunately. I mean, they will. Don't, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Total Recall is actually happening, right? It's actually it is. Yeah. Except, except their ass does not get to Mars, apparently. There's no Mars. What? There's no Mars in Total Recall? Isn't like two-thirds of the film on Mars? Where do they go? Easily two-thirds. <laughs> they will have to find out. Toronto? <laughs> is this like... <laughs> however, however, I have heard the rumor on the street is that there will... There's no Mars, but there probably will be a three-boob woman. In the Total Recall remake. Oh boy! What streets are you hanging out in? <laughs> I, uh, I saw I saw a painting of a, a five boob dorm, and it was called Sanctity. Okay, tell us more about it. <laughs> You're so it's a little, it's a little <laughs> German joke. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know things. So yeah, so we can just keep listing French things joke. that yeah. they could remake if we want to make it like one of them. This is I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah, and I've decided our audiences to. Yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, all right. Let me let me just take it one step further. When do they? Start remaking the 90s. In a way, we were talking about the Disney Afternoon. What we forget is those aren't 80s properties, really. Those are early 90s properties. Oh, so that, like, when do we see, like, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air remake? You know, when do we see Saved by the Bell? Yeah, the we don't have that generation. kind of social mobility. I, I love- can, I, can, I, can I say something real quick? I'm in, I was in an island of a thousand people in Scotland a week ago, and someone asked me where I was from, and I said, Philadelphia. And they said... <laughs> On the playground is where you spent most of your days, <laughs> which was kind of fantastic. No, 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 <laughs> you can keep going on. <laughs> the heather and the heath. Sometimes. Come I'll tell you, here's your bellwether. This is what we should all be watching for, because you know it's going to happen at some point. At some point, there will be a fully 3D animated paw that is going to descend upon a 3D animated earth, and it's going to be yellow, and it's going to have a couple of black oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it's going to, and then echoing through our ears, is going to come this serene siren song. Pika Pika! I tell you, when we move to Next Generation is when you see the Pokemon remake. That's when you see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you see, like, the big-budget $200 million Pokemon movie, wow. then we're going to know that the, the next phase of this is going on. And on that note, we will say, uh, we will leave you there because we got some serious drinking to do. <laughs> <laughs> Get that image out of my head. <laughs> Giant paw will haunt your dreams tonight. Uh, so, uh, you know, hey, so get us on the Twitters at, uh, at OverthinkingIt. You can email us at podcastatoverthinkingit.com. You can call us and uh, SMS us. People have been texting us, which is pretty cool, at uh, 203-285-6401. And we would love to see as many people as can come at the um, Tribeca 
Tavern, the Tribeca Tavern, on Wednesday, August 24th, 2011, for the live Overthinking at New York City meetup. This is going to be uh, a lot of fun. You will have articles, even though we're on vacation, you will have articles on the site all week uh, so that you can join us there until the next podcast at www.overthinkingit.com, the site that subjects the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. So, so in sync for once. <laughs> no, yeah. It's amazing. That was glorious. You're going to have to go back in and stagger that. <laughs> <laughs> you were like conducting it too. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it Thomas Duffy style, right? It probably, probably doesn't probably, probably doesn't deserve. I thought it was No, that, that is inside baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Google that. <laughs>